You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Shalom, chaverim, shalom, brochim habaim latochnit, pinim meanavim. Shalom, friends. Welcome to the program Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. Keith, what does the word chaverim mean? Can you please explain to the people? It means that you and I are working together trying to find, in, with common ground and in what I call iron sharpening iron, uh, yeah. an attempt to try to figure out what's going on with the Bible. And we've got Prophet Pearls happening here, and you've done the intro, so let's get started. Let's do it. Okay. Well, you know, Nehemi, I've got to ask you a question. Yeah. Uh, when, you, when you were looking at this, uh, this section, g- give me your first response. The first thing you thought when you looked at Judges 4. Honestly, the first thing? <laughs> Honestly. I want so the to hear opening the word truth. of Judges 4, oh, it actually starts in verse 4, 4, 4. Yep, it starts is, in verse 4. Is, yep. It says, and Devorah. And yeah. honestly, the first thing that came to mind is, is there are a lot of Devorahs in my life. It's a very common name, common mm-hmm. Jewish name. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny, like, <laughs> there'll be several different people I know that are named Devorah and, or Deborah or some form of that. And so it's like, wow, there, there it is. So okay, that's well, the first thing we'll, came to my mind. So like I say, I say we, we, we do this uh, in honor of all those uh, Devorahs. How about that? Let's, uh, let's And the word right Devorah means? Uh, well, I think I know that, that it's got something to do with like a bee. It means bee. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, then there's yeah, a yeah. very cool connection with the word bee and the, the holy of holies in the temple, which is Devere. Uh-huh. And uh, the place where the bee lives – now, this is interesting because the place where the bee lives in Hebrew isn't called Devir, but that must be where the word Devorah comes from, that the bee comes from the Holy of Holies, the hive, the Devir. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, you know, the central sanctum of the bee and hence of the mm-hmm. temple as well. And, but it's really interesting. I was actually talking just the other day. Uh, I was speaking in, um, in Seattle uh, or in Tacoma, Washington. And somebody was saying to me, "Oh, you know the, those vowels—they're, they're, you know, the, the, the master has added those. They're not an original part of the text." And I said, mm-hmm. "Okay, so if you if you want to ignore the vowels in Hebrew, then you take the three letters Dalid Bet Resh Devar, which mm-hmm. is word, but then you change the vowels and it and you could make that same word Devorah, which means B. You know, you can mm-hmm. add a hey at the end, but you don't have to. With those three mm-hmm. letters, you could have B. You could have Dever, which is plague. And, and I was mm-hmm. speaking to this messianic gentleman, and I said, you know, you, you messianics, you say that." That Yeshua is the Devar, the word of the Lord, and so if if you change, if you ignore the vowels, then maybe he's the pestilence of the Lord. I mean, it, it's you know it's ridiculous. You, and the point is, if if you if you ignore the vowels, you strip the the you know the words of all their significance and meaning, to where it can mean the opposite. Yeah, you know, we we had so many different experiences in talking about this, and I you know maybe we'll maybe we can mm-hmm. we can bring them in as we go. But I I just remember the time that we. Uh, that we were in Israel together and we were addressing this issue of the vowels and how, mm-hmm. and how, and how, you know, I, I just have to say, um, one of the things that you really don't understand until you actually are in, in the land and you're, you're actually experiencing this with people, but they'll, they'll see a word that has just the consonants, like the newspaper, you're reading the newspaper yeah. and there are no vowels there. And you're like, wait, 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 how can they read the newspaper? And there are no vowels. They're, they're, they're just consonants. And, it's it's like it's almost like you can't explain it. You I mean you can explain it, but experiencing it just brings it to a completely different level in people understanding um, what the traditional pronunciation of a word would be and knowing in context what that word means. 
it's just a phenomenal it's a it's phenomenal yeah. so well i mean obviously context is extremely important to know whether it's mm-hmm. the pestilence or the uh or, or the, yeah, word, the word or, or the yeah. bee the bee of the lord um mm-hmm. you know that is 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 important but if you yeah. say okay i'm not going to use vowels i'm you know okay so instead of devar becomes dibbebra and devora mm-hmm. becomes dibbebra like what? And so when you hand you're throwing me a softball. So yeah. when it comes to the name like Yudhe Vav, the four the four letters Yudhe Vav, yeah. hey, and all of these different vowel combinations that people use, that I, I just have to be honest with you. There's no end to how many different vowel combinations people add into the four letter name uh, of yeah. God, and that's that's just where it gets to me absolutely ridiculous. Right. But, and, and, yeah, one but, of the things I appreciated in your book is Hallowed Name Revealed again, if, if I remember correctly. You, you wrote there that you know the people who say that they don't they want to pronounce the name without any vowels, which would be like yeah 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 yeah. Right. And you said something like good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, 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 it really is interesting. I don't know. I'm, I'm I just think the Hebrew language is is uh, it's just the way it evolved, the way that it lives today, the way that it's it's used. And I really I think I think people um, one of the things that I've really been pushed by in the last couple of years is trying to give people a chance to interact with it a little bit piece piece by piece by piece and I'm finding that there are there are just as many people that are interested in finding out what you know what something really does mean as there are the people that want to kind of you know kind of use it for as I call it for their own their own agenda so but so we're dealing with the 4 of 4 and I know we only deal with the 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 prophet pro section but yeah. it's hard for me not to at least if I can yeah just a little bit of context in judges um before we get started because this idea that the the judges these 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 people that were raised up to be judges you know over a period of time the, the person would judge and then and then the nation would be under that judge for a while and then the nation yeah. would turn and then they would call out to Yehovah and then he would respond and give them another judge and in the first couple of verses it's just talking about that and then- hello hello yep i can hear you, you see? i hear you the whole time skype just quit i see you now, Keith, I know you want to just jump into the story, but I think we should get some context first before we do that. Can we please go back real quick to verse 2? Absolutely. Let's go to verse 2. Okay. Yes. Or even verse 1. It says, And Israel did, uh, you know, again, did um, evil in the sight of Jehovah, and Ehud made, uh, Ehud made, Ehud died. <laughs> He's the, he was the, the judge. Um, and Jehovah sold them into the hand of Yavin, the king of Canaan, and, uh, who was the king over Chatzor. Chatzor is a major city in northern Israel. And his general uh, was Sisra, and he uh, dwelt at a place called Chalosha Tagoim. Mm-hmm. It's a real interesting place in itself. Um, in verse 3, and the children of Israel gathered to, uh, cried out to Yehovah, sorry, the children of Israel cried out to Yehovah, for um, he had 900 iron chariots, and he was pressuring uh, is the children of Israel strongly for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So the context here is Devorah is um, this uh, judge at a time when Israel is being persecuted by the Canaanites. Mm-hmm. So this 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 cycle that takes place is something we see over and over in Judges, yeah. where they're they're under a judge for a while, and then the judge dies, and they turn away from Yehovah, and then the judge is brought in, and it's it's a cycle back and forth. And I I think what I thought was kind of interesting about yeah. this is that you know, and I, I we could go to the specifics and how it, it shows up in different parts of Judges. But uh, this one is just, you know, boom, uh, Devorah. I mean, there she is. Like, it's like it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't say anything. When you read it, you understand what the situation is. But if you understand what's happening in, in the book, then obviously this is now a new, if I can call a, a new reign. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a new political so, deal. 
So, so what you're saying is like whoever you know decided on these these profit portions. In this case, he really he he ripped out the context. Yeah. The first three verses are really important. And why did he do that? I don't know. Yeah. Good no, question. I don't know. So let's get into this. Yeah. I mean, so let, let's talk about this cycle. Yeah. Um, so it's really interesting. Um, so what we have is is this. Um, it's really a four stage cycle. Mm-hmm. So you've got the sin, and the sin leads to punishment, which is in the form of foreign oppression. Mm-hmm. Then the Israelites are being crushed under the um, this foreign oppression, so they cry out, and that's sort of their almost half-baked uh, uh, repentance. Mm-hmm. It comes from a place of of need, not of you know, oh, I was thinking intellectually, I need to be good. It was more like, oh man, this hurts. Can you help us, God? Mm-hmm. And then that's the third stage, and the fourth stage is is the judge rises up and and provides salvation. Mm-hmm. And we've had several of those so far. And actually, that pattern is described in the first couple chapter of Judges. Mm-hmm. And we had a number of judges. And then Devorah here is really an unusual judge because the other ones judged and were military generals. Devorah, who appears here in, in 4.4, she is not a general. She's just the judge and the prophetess, which is interesting. I don't think, if I remember correctly, any of the other judges were described I as I can't prophets. believe you're saying this. But I, I'm, I'm going to have an what, argument what, with you that, right what? here on the show. What are you talking about? Wait, wait, hold on a second. Let, let, me, let me go look. Am, am no, I, I'm not. Are judges? Are they prophets? <laughs> No, you're why you, no, I'm right. I just no, checked ta- it. What are you talking? Who else was no, a prophet? No, you, no, no, no. You're right as far as a prophet, but you're tapping that. You're tapping that computer. I'm, yeah. I mean, so I'm gonna... Judges six eight talks about um, a prophet. So the first time the word prophet appears in the book of Judges, Absolutely. is in reference to Devorah, and she's the only one who's described uh, really as as a as a judge and a prophet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't understand what so you're what talking you about saying about? she's not a, a commander of an army. What What do you mean by that? No, she's not. What do you well, mean? We'll get right into that. Let's get right into it. Barack is the okay, commander. Okay, yeah. She's not Let's the commander. Let's move on. No, you, you, we're going to have fun with this one, ladies and gentlemen. So Now, now, now can we talk about where she, um, where she did – it's interesting. So, so some people will tell you, oh, a judge was just a military general mm-hmm. or, or a ruler. But here it actually says that she is <clears> – <throat> excuse me. She is judging and the people would come up to her for judgment yeah. in a specific place and a specific location. Mm-hmm. And what do you have in verse four where she would do her? She judging? says here the prophetess. Uh, she says here she she she. Verse five is what it says for me. Oh, so read verses four. Yeah, Deborah, a prophetess, the uh, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading uh, Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. Okay. Go on. Well, and uh, the Israelites came to her and uh, to have their disputes decided. Okay, now <laughs> that's that's awesome because it's not even like like the same word appears there and and they they just translate. Let, let me read you. It says, and Devorah was a, a prophetess, or actually a woman who was a prophetess. She was the wife of Lapidot, and she judged is and she was judging Israel at that time. Mm-hmm. And she dwelt, uh, or she was dwelling, under the uh, date palm of Devorah, between Ramah and between Bethel and the Mount of Ephraim. And this children of Israel would go up to her for judgment. So we have the word judgment twice there. Once is she was judging Israel in verse 4, and then verse 5 is they would come to her for judgment. And where she would do the judging is underneath this tree, under the uh, this tomem, mm-hmm. this um, this date tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and yours has palm. And I looked at all the translations, and, and with, with one or two exceptions, they almost all say that it's a, a palm yeah. tree, uh, whereas in Hebrew it's a date tree. And um, maybe, you know, date tree is a type of palm tree, but it's a more specific term. And date trees are really important in in Israel. You know, it's a land that doesn't have very many trees, and uh, date trees are, are very important as part of the environment and part of the, the ancient economy, especially even the modern economy. You go down to the Jordan Valley and you see these massive plantations of of, uh, of palm trees, of date trees. 
Um, well, can you do me, so? There, yes, that's pretty. Can cool. you do me a favor while while will you do this? I want you to check your computer on something, Nehemiah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just in the Book of Judges, yeah. you guys, this is amazing. You know, he can tap this computer and in, in, in context. <laughs> you know, um, uh, but anyway, what I what I wanted to see is if there's an example where they use for the judge was leading versus judging, and and I thought that was interesting in the NIV. Oh, it says, so it doesn't say yeah, it doesn't say leading. It, says, it judge. says it was judging. Yeah. So what I was wondering though was is in the Israel. in the English in the English um, version. If there is an oh, you want me to check yeah, the English? I wanted to see if there was an example because I think there's an agenda here, and I, I, I'm I'm going to be really clear about this. You know, I, I just think when I'm reading in my NIV, uh, and this is going to probably get me in a little bit of trouble, certainly with some folks, but I think it's sexist uh, that basically uh, with uh, Devorah, uh, the NIV here is saying, okay, well, she was leading. Now, if I if I if I really took some time. And went a little further. Sometimes I like to uncover where there are these sort of agendas. And I, like I've said before, what I like about the NIV language-wise in terms of the present English language does a phenomenal job of using the present English language. What it does a bad job with is it picks and chooses when it wants to be um, clear in context or when it wants to be um, what I call um, biblically um, authentic regarding the meaning of a word. And, and I think that – and that happens a lot. And so a lot of the people, for example, that would be reading from the NIV um, – and you probably aren't aware of this, Nehemiah, because you come from a, a different background. But there's, there's, there's an issue in, the, in, in Scripture sometimes as it comes to male and female and, and regarding how far um, they'll go in terms of giving you know, what a word will be in terms of its uh, masculine or feminine and its meaning. And with, with Devorah here, um, when it says that she was leading – um, it, it's obvious as you read the story that that's the case, but but the but the cycle that we're talking about is not like she's some like you know well she's a prophetess and oh and by the way she does a little bit of leading no she's just, she's she is as legitimate of a leader here and even more so regarding adding the issue of prophet as any of the other judges. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not agreeing with you. I don't think she's a leader. Oh, she, she, I, I think I think she's the judge. She's the prophetess, and we have this pattern. You know, it's a pattern she, throughout the she's Bible. A leader. Uh, you know, in, especially in the times of the kings, where you have you've got Isaiah, and Isaiah comes and he's counseling Hezek, uh, Hezekiah, but Hezekiah is the leader. Isaiah is not the leader. She's Isaiah. She's not. Well, and Hezekiah. this is why. I'm what's sorry. so funny? She, she's not. What's a so leader. funny? What's so funny about this? And I'm so glad we're having this this little tension here. Is yeah. because the story itself, as we read it, actually is going. I'm going to win this one, Nehemiah. I'm actually going to win oh, this one. You're not though. But, okay. So Judges three ten is an interesting yeah. example because there we have the verb to judge, mm-hmm. uh, and it says, "In the spirit of Jehovah was upon him." And he uh, literally in Hebrew it says Vaishpotet Israel and he judged Israel. Mm-hmm. In the King James we have and he judged Israel. What do we have in the NIV? I don't know. Let's mm-hmm. see. NIV says uh, and he became Israel's judge. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So why doesn't it say he led Israel? So you're saying this is some politically correct thing? I really don't know. Okay, what you're well to we'll, say. we'll just keep. Like I say, let's keep. No, what, what are you I'm, trying to no, say? I'm not going to try it's, to say it's, anything. It's, let me let the story say it. Are you let, saying that she's the lead? So we got to talk about prophetesses in the Tanakh because okay. we, we yeah let's do that. Can you do you know who the prophetesses? are? I really don't. Tell me There's who they four. are. I mean, I'd like to hear. <clears throat> so we've got three true prophetesses and one false prophetess. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is, and I, I'm referring specifically to people who are called a prophetess, mm-hmm. um, a female prophet. In Hebrew, we have a word for that. There's navi for men and nivi'ah for women. Mm-hmm. So there's four people who are a nivi'ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Miriam, mm-hmm. Miriam, the the sister of, of uh, Moses is called the Nivia. Um <clears throat> and then we have uh, well come on you tell me who's we obviously we have Devorah and who, who's the other one um, she's the least known she's one she's probably the least known one I don't know tell me yeah so she's uh, Huldah ah, in the time of King Josiah you know that story come on um, <clears throat> and the fourth one is really unknown she's Noadiah 
who's a false prophetess who tries to frighten Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. That's me, Nehemiah. She tries to prophet Nehemiah uh, to um, to frighten Nehemiah from doing his his mission. Uh, and he mentions all the false prophets, and he and he mentions her by name. Mm-hmm. He's the only one she mentioned. Uh, he mentions by name in that context. There's another one he mentions by name who's a man. But in the context, he, can, I, can I actually read that? It's pretty yeah. cool. Um, it's in uh, let's see uh, Nehemiah chapter six verse fourteen. I'm going to read the NIV just because you like to mm-hmm. mess with it. it. Says, "Remember Tobiah and Sambalato, my God, because of what they have done. Remember also the prophetess Noadiah, uh, which in Hebrew is Noadiah, uh, and the rest of the prophets who have been trying to intimidate me." <laughs> <laughs> so she's the only one who's mentioned that in that prayer. Uh, it's like Noadiah and the rest of the prophets. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are trying to intimidate me? Isn't that you know what I love about her name? Like, I, I, I yeah. love about that 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 um, that yeah. very little little known uh, prophet is uh, the root of her name. Uh, it's funny because yeah. because um, uh, I was this is this is like a, a long time ago. I was dealing with this issue of of God's time and then looking for this yeah. issue of where where we have the issue understanding his his uh, his moed, and so. Um, uh-huh. For the people who don't know what's yeah, yeah, the more I mean, it's appointed time, the, the appointed time that God has. Right. And so I was going through all of the different um, words and all the different things, and actually her name came up, and I didn't, you know, mm-hmm. and I wasn't, I really wasn't aware of, of who she was or whatever, but I thought it was just. And there's the end of the program. What happened? No, no. Or keep oh going. boy! Okay. I mean, you, you, you <laughs> were cut off. Me? Hey, so, folks, let, let, no, no, no. let me tell you. No, why you I were cut off. I, you, you were saying something, and we and we missed it. So. Okay, so folks, let me just tell you what's happening here. We are now on our fourth attempt to uh, to maybe the fifth, maybe the fifth <laughs> attempt to record this program, and so I'm really on. Re, it's like really, really touchy. I can't just simply think about the the, the the passage. I'm also thinking about: Is he hearing me? Are we recording? Are we cut off again? And this this attempt right now is probably our last attempt for this program. I think Noah Jah is coming against us, and she's trying to stop us from meeting. <laughs> she doesn't want us to meet. Because the root of Moed is appointed time, but the literal root is to meet. And it's a time that you can meet someone, or it could be a place yes. that you could meet someone. Yeah, so her name. So we have the tent of meeting, Oel Moed. Yeah. Uh, and we also that was a word of the week, wasn't it? And we also have Moed as an appointed time, a place of mm-hmm. uh, a time of Moed. Um, and, it's, and that's actually really relevant for the whole story of Nehemiah. This is off the, we're never going to get to do Nehemiah in the in the in the Prophet Pearl, so I'm going to steal a few minutes from Prophet Pearl to do Nehemiah six. Just a couple verses. Verse ten it says, "Then I visit," and because that prophetess is there. Verse ten says, "Then I visited visited Shemaiah son of Deliah son of Mehetavel when he uh, was house bound, and he said, and this is another prophet. He's a false prophet named Shemaiah. Um, Let us meet in the house of God, and there it says Nevaed." Let us moed in the house of Yehovah, in the house of God, and let us shut the doors of the sanctuary, for they are coming to kill you by night. Uh, by night they are coming to kill you. I replied, will a man like me take flight? Besides, this is what Nehemiah says, besides who says, who, who such as I can go into the sanctuary and live, I will not go in. And that's because only the priests were allowed to go into the inner sanctuary, not, not Nehemiah, who was, who was uh, you know, uh, he wasn't a priest. Um, and so he's saying, I can't even go in there. What are you talking about? Uh, and I'm not going to go in there for, for, for refuge. And he says uh, in verse 12, Then I realized that it was not God who sent him, but he uttered that prophecy about me, Tobiah and Sambalat having hired him, because he was a hireling, that I might be intimidated and act thus and commit a sin, and so provide them a scandal with which to reproach me. In other words, this was a trick to get him into going to the, into the part of the temple. He was not allowed to go in. Only the Levites were allowed to go into a certain section, and beyond that only the Kohanim, and beyond that only the high priest, the, the high Kohen. And they were trying to trick him, say, look, if you 
you go in there, then the bad guys coming to kill you won't kill you. And he was a false prophet. And isn't that amazing? The false prophet comes and tells him to do something contrary to the Torah. And he says, no, nah, I'm going to follow the Torah. And then he figures out, oh, this guy wasn't even a true prophet. Because mm-hmm. a true prophet wouldn't tell me to violate the Torah. Exactly. And then in the next verse, he says, oh, my God, remember against Tobiah and Sambalot these deeds of theirs. And against Noadiah, the prophetess. And against the other prophets that they wished to intimidate me. So isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. That's the context here of the, the fourth prophetess in the Tanakh. Mm-hmm. Of course, in the New Testament, in your book, Keith, you've got a prophetess. Do you remember about her? Oh, boy, tell me about her. Sure. Tell me. You don't even know. You even know no, there, there's a woman named Anna in the New <laughs> of Testament. Course. <laughs> but we'll, we'll leave that for a discussion of the Gospel of yeah. Luke. Let's go back to... Uh, Judges chapter 4. Okay. So, Judges chapter 4, and it says, um, and so it says here, the Israelites came to her. Not, you know, okay, so let me, let me slow down here. The, the Israelites uh, uh, came uh, to, to the area around the tree where maybe she was. No, to her. It actually came to her mm-hmm. to, to have their disputes decided. In other words, she is the judge. And she sent for Barak, son of uh, Abinoam, uh, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, now, so she's now sending for the commander of the army. And I mean, the commander of the army probably has a choice. I mean, you know, why should why should I come if she sends? Why? Because she's the prophet, right? You know what I mean, she she's the prophet. Is that is that right? I mean, what, what are you asking? No, I'm asking. She's, the ju- she's not just the prophet. She's the she's judge. She's the prophet, the factor, and she's the judge. The factor. She's, she's she's got. I mean, you could call that a ruler. Okay, she's running I, I'll the show. That. She's in charge. She's All in right. charge. And so she calls the the commander to come, and then she says, "The Lord Yehovah, the God of Israel, commands you." Go and take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali. And you know the read says here in, in Zebulun, and lead the way to Mount Tabor. And so she's telling him now, it's, it's like, can, can, I, can I paint the picture here? I want to be really clear about this. I want to paint yeah. the picture. So, the, so is this gold in my ear? Is no, that what you're saying? This is, this like is better than gold in my ear, okay? Margaret Thatcher. No, it's, it's better than Margaret Thatcher. Hillary so, Clinton. No, so here, here he's Good. out doing his thing, and then the phone call comes. The, 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 the message comes, whatever you want to call. Devorah's calling. And what does he do? He drops everything he does. He goes to her, and she's got a word from Yehovah. Now, here's what I think is so interesting about this passage. And I, I really couldn't – I have to tell you, I mean, I want to, like, do Bible trivia with you here and just, just see if you'd win the Bible trivia <laughs> game. You probably will. <laughs> Nothing in the Bible is trivial to me. Uh, amen. <laughs> They're all the top 50 verses. <laughs> so it says here well, – You can't make fun of that. <laughs> it says here, go take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead the way to Mount Tabor. Now, first thing, can I slow down for, hey, all you ladies out there, you know, let, let me let me just talk to the ladies for a second. She tells him, she's telling him now as the leader and the commander of the, the army, how oh, many... See, see, that's where we're disagreeing. I, I would say she's a political leader, perhaps, maybe. I'm I'll not that, finished. But she's not a military but, leader. So she's the military leader. And it says here, I will, and she tells him how many men to take where to do, where to go, how to do it, and she gives him a word from Yehovah. And this wouldn't go well in, in some uh, some of the denominations uh, 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 that 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 are presently a part of or on this over on this side of the world, Nehemiah, because you know li- women don't get a chance to be in, in leadership positions, and they and they do a lot with the gymnastics regarding women's leadership, etc. I could talk about that for the next for the entire. You're talking time. about in China, like no, no, no. I'm sorry. In, in, where I meant what I meant is my tradition, where I come from. Oh, women, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. So it says, and it says here. She tells him exactly how many men to take. She said, don't take 5,000, don't take 12, take 10. And then she says, I will lure, and she's speaking what Yehovah says, I will lure Sarah, the commander of uh, Yavin's army, uh, with his chariots and his troops uh, to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. And, and that could have been the end of the story. 
But then this is where the rubber meets the road, the next verse. And I'd like yeah. you to read it in the JPS or the Hebrew. Maybe there's some well, hidden uh, hidden issue here. Can you can you read the next verse and tell me your best – give me your best translation? And by the way, Nehemiah, I really love it when you, when you do um, translate directly uh, from the Hebrew. I have to tell a story before you do the next verse. So ladies and yeah. gentlemen, when I first met Nehemiah, uh, we, we had this, this issue, this crisis, and the crisis was – we were in the old city of Jerusalem. This was about now, I don't know how many years ago. This was in 2002. We're in the uh, old city of Jerusalem, and we're walking around, and I'm, I'm there on my second trip to Israel. But my first one was really in 1986 or something as a, you know, um, sort of a just a newly, you know, involved in the church. And I went on a, a regular tour uh, and did all the things, all the traditional sites you're supposed to go to. Well, then this particular trip, I'm there. I meet Nehemiah, and he's from the Hebrew University, and he's going to take me on a tour of the old city of Jerusalem and some areas right around there. So I meet him, and we're talking. You know, This is after we've had our interaction, for those who don't know, where he saw the Torah scroll. Like, I don't want to get into that. But the next day we're meeting, we're talking, and we're walking along the old city of Jerusalem, and then we'd have Bible talk like we're doing now. You know, it was it – was <laughs> and I would say to him, well, you know, such and such verse says – you know, because folks who don't know – I, I have my master's degree from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School. I graduated cum laude. I'm supposed to know this book inside and out. And so I'm with this guy, Nehemiah Gordon, who's walking around with these funny pants on and this funny-looking hat. And I'm like, I can't take this guy serious. I mean, I, I mean, I, so I, I decided to challenge him. So I'd bring up a verse, and I'd say to the verse, well, you know what it says in First Samuel chapter 6, verse such and such. And he says, well, let's just open and see what that says. And I was getting offended by this guy because every time I'd bring up the Bible, he'd say, well, he wouldn't just respond. He wants to open the book. So he would sit down and he'd open his book and I'd open my book and they looked kind of, the books looked similar. Mine was kind of worn and his was kind of worn and I'd open up the book and then he'd read and it wouldn't be exactly what was in my NIV. And I'm like, eventually I peeked over his shoulder and this is where the crisis came. This is why we're doing profit pearls. I peek o- – can I, can, I, can I continue, Nehemiah? Do you want to – Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I peek over his shoulder, and in his book that looked just like my book, which was worn, it was like leathery, it was all in Hebrew. But he never one time mentioned a Hebrew word. He only was speaking in English. This was a crisis. The crisis Why was, was it a wasn't a crisis for it me. It was a crisis for me <laughs> because I'm looking at the English. He's telling me it's saying something else based on his translation. And you know what could have happened right then? <laughs> this is really funny. I've never said it this way. What could have happened right then is you could have become my sage. You could have become my rabbi, Nehemiah. I would go to you with all the questions and you'd give me all the answers and I would never check it for myself. But the crisis came that I said. If Nehemiah is reading directly from Hebrew and translating, it seems to me that if the Bible is that important to me, I need to learn to, to be able to do that. And, and again, why this has been so wonderful in doing this with you is that, is that I can say to you, well, can you read the verse? And what you do is you'll give us the English translation. Now, to be fair, there are times where you're making translation decisions, obviously, 
because the English language. I think always by definition, I'm making you're translation making translation decisions. decisions. But the great every every time I, I translate the word devar as word versus uh, mm-hmm. you know thing mm-hmm. versus you know matter, that's the translation decision. Absolutely. Absolutely. But here's what I what I do like is what I'd like for people to do is when we do have a translation or you're bringing out a translation, I want people to check it for themselves. Now again, people may not want to go through the same process that I had to go through. I had to go through a whole. I don't know, the Nehemiah Gordon uh, make you feel like a dummy school. But I mean, what, what was great about it is <laughs> what was great about it is that we would we would go step by step by step. Did you feel smart in the end <laughs> when you passed the test? <laughs> yeah, in this passage, I'm going to get you. But anyway, listen, so here's the point. Now, for this verse, could you now read the verse? We got the context. Could you give what us verse a translation? After that long this, introduction, this, I don't even know what verse we're, we're in. We're in, <laughs> we're in verse 8 now because you're going to translate verse 8 because right. maybe there's something missing that I'm – Yeah, go ahead here. All right, I'm going to translated from Hebrew. It says, And Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. And if you will not go with me, I will not go. Uh, stop. And she said, stop, I will surely... Stop, stop, stop. Wait, wait, okay. No, hold on. So wait, so so Barak now is the head of the the, the 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 military. He's the big, he's large, he's in charge. He's the he's the head of yeah. the Joint chief Staff. He's So first of right. all, she calls him, he comes, she tells him the instruction, he says it, and then here comes the crisis moment. The crisis moment is the big military commander says, I'm not going without you. Am I missing anything there? No, you got okay, it. Okay, and excellent. why isn't he going without her? Go ahead, next, What's the next answer? Verse. Go ahead, the next. Well, why, why is he going without her? We have to find well, out. Why does he refuse to go without her? We have no. To... We. It's because of the nine hundred iron chariots. <laughs> <laughs> he realizes, like, I got no chance without you. What are you talking about? You're, you're you're speaking the word of God. I'm just this. You know, I just know how to throw a spear and you know mm. and what and fire arrows and mm-hmm. they got nine hundred iron chariots. I I need my asset here. Um, and, and the point was that if God told him to go, he shouldn't have needed this person to be a symbol of God. God should have been enough for him. Okay. Well, here's how she – So verse 9, yes. and she said – or do you want to read it? Well, I want I'll to give verse, verse 9, folks, because I think this – again, and I yeah. love the Bible. I love this. Isn't, you know, if you read the Bible, sometimes, I mean, it doesn't matter without the Hebrew, the Greek, the Aramaic, the Arabic, the, the German, the, the, you know, all this stuff. Sometimes it's just kind of clear. So no matter what translation you're looking in, there's this issue. The leader calls the commander, gives him instruction. The commander says, I ain't going nowhere without you. I need your help, your backup, your blessing, your whatever it is that you are. I'm not going into war without you. And then she says, I will go with you, but uh, maybe there's a different word there. Uh, Okay. But because of the way you are going about this, what what, what do you mean by that? Maybe there's something there. What does it say, Nehemiah? Translate that section. And she said, I will surely go with you, but because you, uh, your glory will not be uh, according to the way which you go, Come on. meaning militarily, uh-huh. um, but in the hand of a woman, Yehovah will uh, deliver or literally sell Sisra. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so she's saying, you're not, it's, it's, <laughs> I love this. Wait, okay, so, give your give your interpretation. No, 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 no. So, so, so basically, she's saying, she's oh. saying, okay, listen, all right. So you, you now, you, 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 you were going to go. You would have been put in the hall of flame of military leaders for this, for this, for this big battle. But because of the way that you're doing this, and because you say you got to have me go with you, it will be into the hand of a woman that this this victory will come. In other words, this situation yeah. in the end is going to be in the book. In 2014 or 2015, whatever year this is, there's going to be two guys in Prophet Pearls talking about not Barak who 
who who won 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 the war, but rather, but because of the woman, it was the woman's hand that he handed this this victory to. And and why was that? Because he because he said. And at this point, I'm pretty convinced he's not looking yeah. at whether she's a woman or not. He's looking at the fact that she's the one that's the prophet, hearing from the word of right. Jehovah. The instruction is clear, and she's saying it's almost like the issue of the ark. I'm not going into the battle without the presence. I'm not going into the battle without the, with the help or the answer. Like, I'm not going to go do this unless you come with me. And I, I really – I just have to say when I read this story, I, I get – my blood gets – as you can tell, I mean I'm, I'm a little fired up more than probably I should be. But I get fired up about this because I think it's such a really cool story that basically brings to the forefront just how important uh, Devorah was in this situation. She's, yeah. So, so that's that's my point. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I think I, I love that you brought the analogy of the ark because it's exactly the same sort of thing. Where they thought, well, if I have the ark, there's power in the ark, mm-hmm. and and the and the power was never in the ark. Mm-hmm. The power is in Yehovah, mm-hmm. who could be felt through the ark, and the power wasn't in the prophet or the prophetess. The power is it's not in the man. It's not in the woman. Mm-hmm. The power is in Yehovah. And if Yehovah said, I mean, think. I mean, let's go back to what she said. She said Yehovah has commanded you. Mm-hmm. God has commanded you through the prophet to go and fight, and so, so it wasn't enough the word of Yehovah. She actually needed he or he felt he needed this you know this person this human being to go with him, mm-hmm. and the word of Yehovah is so much more powerful than any human being than any representation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's really what idolatry is if you think about yep. it. Instead of worshiping Yehovah directly, I'm going to put something up in front of me, a big you know a big idol, a statue of Yehovah, a golden calf, and say. I, Say, this is the God that brought me out of Egypt because it connects me more with it, reminds me of Yehovah, connects me more with him. And he said, don't do that. He said, you know, worship me directly. And, and so he felt, you know, Barak felt he needed an intermediary. And because of that, his glory, really his, his honor and his glory was going to be given not uh, to, to a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wouldn't be through his military might. It would be through, um, it, it would be through this woman. Now, who's the woman? Yeah. So who's the woman? Well, so as we're reading it, we're supposed to say, "Oh, it's Devorah, who's the woman? Mm-hmm. It's Deborah, the prophetess." But of course, it's not. That's the the you know the 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 inside joke. If you read the end of the story, it's not the woman Devorah; it's the woman Yael, mm-hmm. in whose hands Sisera is delivered. Absolutely. So let's keep reading. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, so um, and so it says here, ten months followed him, and then we're at verse eleven. Uh, can you read in in an English version? In the English version, verse did we read verse ten? I'm sorry, or, we don't have to read it. No, 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 we don't. Have to, we're not going to. No, we're not, not going to get through this whole thing. Go ahead. Okay, it's long. Verse eleven. Uh, oh wait, we're in four eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, here, this is the JPS. It says as follows: it Says now, Hever the Ke- the Cani the Canite had separated from the other Canites, descendants of Chovav, the father-in-law of Moses, and had pitched his tent at Elon B'tzananim, which is near Kedesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you want me to yep. go? I, well, I got to stop and talk about yeah. this. We've got this guy who's the descendant of the father-in-law of Moses. Remember Je- Jethro, mm-hmm. um, uh, and Jethro in, in or Yitro, and then we have this character Chovav, who's mentioned, and then we have another character Ruel. I think we talked about that in the original Torah pearls. Um, how there, you know, according to one source, there's seven different names for the same and person. That's it. It's not clear that that's a, really the same and person. But anyway, um, what's it? And that's it. We've got this character, Hever the Canaanite, and he's a descendant of Chovab, the father-in-law of Moses. And we talked about, I think in the original Torah Pearls, I'm sure we talked about how we have Jethro, or Yitro, who's also called Yeter. 
and there's another character, Ru'el, who is either the same character or a different character, and then we have um, Chovav, and these appear to be different names for Jethro or maybe Jethro's, uh, someone surrounding him, the father-in-law of Moses. Um, so, you know, we'd heard about in the Torah that they, they these these relatives of, of Jethro, they, they joined the Israelites a little bit sort of against their will. <laughs> and then here they're still there in the land in, in Judges chapter 4. That's pretty cool. Hundreds of years later. Isn't that something? Yeah. So, uh, folks, for those who don't know, I'm now um, on, again, level 3, um, speaking from my mobile phone. This is now the sixth attempt for us to do this. Are you on the, are you on the hot spot? I'm on the hot spot with no VPN. All right, let's try it. This is <laughs> third. No, think it's this funny. is like the eighth or ninth. You're going to be going. You'll be you'll be solo on this thing, and, and you'll do an awesome job. Go ahead. Yeah. All right. So okay. So let me just pick up from where I left off, which was in verse eleven. So we've got this character, Hever uh, the Canaanite, and he's the descent of Chovav, the father-in-law of Moses. Remember that story back in. Um, you know, in the Torah, where where Moses marries the Midianite woman, and um, you know Tzipporah, and and her father is Jethro, who's also called by these different names. We talked about that in the original Torah pearls, I believe. Um, anyway, so they're still around. Like they, they they joined the Israelites, sort of a little bit against their will, and then they came in, you know came into the land, and and now they're we hear they're still around. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I do think it is it is it is cool. And again, this is where the Bible is so um amazing to me because you'll 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 hear someone and they'll say some name and sometimes people jump over the name because they're like, ah, I don't even know what the name is, but that's not that interesting. You see that name, the Kenite, and and you say, Oh, okay, wait, oh that's oh and then it goes on to say it's Moses' brother in law. And then you have the whole story yeah. of you know, father in law. Wait, does it yeah. say brother in law? <laughs> it says Moses' brother in law. A. <laughs> or father in law. Wait, no, it actually NIV. says brother in law in yours, doesn't it? In, in, in the NIV. Yeah. So it, it's yep, Hoten, yep, yep. which is father in law. And what they're trying to do by making him brother in law is they're confused. They're saying, wait, we've got Ruel and we've got Jethro and we've got Chovav. Who are these different people? So they're kind of tweaking mm-hmm. the Hebrew. And even though it says father in law, they're translating brother in law to make it more coherent, you know, and, and not having to deal with these different names, maybe for the same guy. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's inter- that's an interesting solution, but it's not what it says in the Hebrew. So I just want to say one quick thing, and, and I know we could do a whole teaching on this, and I think I did it one time, uh, on the whole issue of the Rechabites, um, who are mentioned mm-hmm. in the book of, of Jeremiah. And if you, if you look in, in Chronicles and you follow all the genealogy, they're from the same family as these Canaanites, as um, mm-hmm. as uh, you know, as Jethro and Chovav, and meaning you know these people are living in tents. There's a reason they're living in tents. They were never given a portion in the land. They were essentially, um, uh, you know, what, what the Torah calls sojourners, which means they they weren't from the original twelve tribes. They were part of this mixed multitude that joined Israel. They were a complete part of the covenant. There was one Torah for them and the native-born, but but at this point in history, they didn't get land, and so that's why they're living in tents. It's pretty cool, mm-hmm. pretty interesting. And then verse fourteen, here comes the commander, the leader, the one who's in charge. Yeah. Devorah says yeah. to Barak, "Go. This is the day that Yehovah has given Sisera into your hands. Has not Yehovah?" gone ahead of you so barack went down mount tabor followed by ten thousand men you know ten thousand that she told him to bring yeah at barack's advance yehovah routed all his chariots and army by the sword and sisera abandoned the chariot and fled on foot so isn't it funny that um basically the strength was the chariot <laughs> and in the end he leaves yeah. the chariot and he's and he's and, he, and he's running by foot right and it says he pursued oh, wait, hold, him hold, 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 and we gotta talk i know, know you're in a I'm hurry i'm just getting we, to the we, end of the I'm not in a hurry. I'm just getting to the end of the the, the last thought, and then you can go back okay. to it. Yeah, go ahead. This is this. But Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as uh, Harosheth Hagoyim, 
all the troops of Sarah fell by the sword. Not a man was left. Go ahead. Yeah. So so what happened? <laughs> he had 900 chariots. You, you kind of glossed over that and said without the mm-hmm. chariots, he had no, no power. But what, what happened to the chariots? Now, mm-hmm. now chariots, just for the, those who, who don't know, and maybe this is obvious, you know, in, in, in ancient times, chariots, those were the tanks of their day. And, and they were, you know, they were what they call a force multiplier. So you could have 900 chariots against 10,000 people. Those 10,000 people don't have a chance. And besides the chariots, chance. you also have foot soldiers. But those 10,000, mm-hmm. uh, those 900 chariots, they're, they're a game changer. Um, mm-hmm. So how is it that, um, what happened? What, what, all right, we got to stop here. Can you hear that, that piano playing? No. No, okay. So I will try to ignore it. My niece is playing the piano. I, I got to mm-hmm. ask her to stop, so hold on. Can you believe he has the little girl stop the, the piano? I mean, she's beautiful. This is, this, is, this is a part of the story. She's playing the piano in the background. Devorah was playing the music in the background for this, this victory to take place. He goes and tells her to stop. I don't understand it. <laughs> no, this is a record of, of editing. <laughs> no, no, no. I, to, I just told the people, I can't believe he stopped the beautiful music of the little girl in the background. It's like Devorah's and, music. And can I tell you what my niece's back. name is, the one who is playing the piano and distracting? Her name is Yael. Mm. She, and you she, want to stop her with from that playing. music? She, oh my gosh! She, she drove a peg into my head with that music. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Okay. All right. So um, you're talking about the iron chariots? Yeah. So the yep. iron chariots—it's a game changer. So what happened to them? What, what happened to the iron chariots? Mm. Like, like we can't just gloss over that. So what did happen? And, and and we can only figure this out from the poem from the from the song of Deborah, which I don't see how we're going to have any time to get to. But from the song mm. of Deborah, it turns out. That um, wait before you do it. Ready? Yeah. Before you do it. It's five. I want to do something. Yeah. What's that? No. This 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 is something I want the people to do. What's that? You just you just gave a great. This is this is like a great homework assignment. Yeah. How do we know what happened to the chariots? You have to read the poem. We need to have people read the poem and see if they can find the answer. So no, this week is golden. <laughs> All right. It's there in the poem, and and, and it actually sets the context, and, and 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 part of the answer is actually hidden by your translation. I don't know if you realize that, Keith. But wow. it mentions earlier in the passage, it mentions the river Kishon. Uh, yes. The Kishon is not a river. The Kishon is what mm-hmm. we call in Hebrew a nachal. In English, they a use nachal. The, the word wadi, um, or actually in Spanish to say arroyo. And, it, and, and mm-hmm. a nachal or an arroyo or a wadi is, is a channel that drains out from the mountain. It, it's also referred to sometimes as a seasonal creek. And so mm-hmm. they might be there uh, next to Nachal Kishon or, or perhaps actually in a section of Nachal Kishon, and it's completely dry and their chariots are very effective. But out of nowhere, suddenly, the, the, the Nachal fills with, with water in a, what's called a flash flood. And, uh, and in this case, apparently overflowed its banks and made the chariots ineffective. And it could have been something as simple – I mean it says they were washed away. So, so you know um, – and to this day, you have this situation where people will be in these nachals, in, especially in southern Israel, but anywhere actually it happens, and um, they'll be driving like with a four by four, um, you know, jeep or something like that, and the whole thing will just get washed away, and, and they're killed. A couple mm-hmm. people every year are mm-hmm. killed in Israel by these mm-hmm. flash floods, and it was enough to wipe out the nine hundred chariots of um, of of, um, of Sisra. And left him fleeing. So yeah, the answer. Wait. So didn't I just give the answer? So so now so I'd I love for you answer. to be my professor no. in school, where where we're about to take a test, and you say got, read chapter four. No, it's it's five twenty one. Now I'm going to read it. No, no, everyone, let, read chapter four to get the answer. I'm so it says the river of Kishon swept them away. 
The river of Kishon swept them away, the ancient river, the river Kishon. And in Hebrew, it's not river, it's Nachal. Nachal Kishon uh, swept them away, Nach- this ancient river, Nachal Kishon. Um, so, uh, oh my soul, you have uh, trodden down strength. So it, it, it crushed them, this, this uh, Nachal destroyed them. And, um, and, 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 you know, it's an amazing story there. Uh, you know, it reminds me of a different story of David, which we don't have time to get to, about Baal Pratzim. It's in my book, uh, Shattering Conspiracy of Silence, um, where there's another situation probably with a Nachal and, and a flash flood. So it's an, I love the story. I'm sorry. It's great. Um, so so this, this force of nature at the hand of Ye- from Yehovah came and uh, changed the, the, the balance of battle. Isn't it something? Is that you really do? And we we started this thing some time ago where the you know I used to say to these people these two words: keep reading, keep reading, keep reading. Well, it's become it's become a yeah. shtick where you keep reading. If if you don't keep reading and you just read that, you are you are kind of like stuck. And there are some times where you can keep reading and not get an answer. I think this is just phenomenal that um that the the, the poem, the song that, that yeah. we're not going to get a chance to go to, but the people are going to go to. And get a chance to to see it, but that the song gives us the answer. I just ah, that is so cool. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, you you talked you talked about your book, Nehemiah. You said there's something in your book about um uh, about David. What book are you talking about? You wrote Shattering another the book, Conspiracy of Silence. You wait. There's our book. There's our book. A prayer to our Father, Hebrew words, the Lord's prayer. That's the book. What other know, book are you know. talking the, about? The, so I, so <laughs> I have the book uh, Hebrew Show versus the Greek Jesus. Shatter, uh, a prayer to our Father and Shattering the Conspiracy of Silence. Those are the three main books I've written so far. And in mm-hmm. Shattering Conspiracy of Silence, I talk about how there's this battle, and Yehovah uh, bursts forth upon the Philistines. It says, you know, uh, and it's 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 describing water bursting forth like a a flash flood. And and so when David used that metaphor, he was probably also thinking of this instance that took place where the water exploded upon the the the, the chariots of of the um, uh, you know. Of, so wait, of, of so the you Canaanites. you write you you. You write books, and what else do you do? Like, what, like, what do you do now? So I mean, what's your ministry? You keep so, talking so, about. No, just can, tell me what your ministry is. What, what is your ministry? What do you? So I've got my ministry. It's called. Um, it's <laughs> this is the ministry minutes. You don't like us using that word, but it is the ministry minute. Um, so yeah, my ministry is McCore Hebrew Foundation, and my website is NehemiahsWall dot com, and um, I write books. I, I you know do all kinds of audio teachings and podcasts and uh, go around speaking. Mm-hmm. Actually, just. We're pre-recording this, and just the other day, I was speaking in um, Tacoma, Washington, and you know it was a real blessing. What, what you know, I came here really to, to uh, Seattle, Washington, to visit my sister and my mother, who's who's visiting from Israel. But uh, and your uh, niece, who plays the piano, my niece Yael, who, who drives uh, uh, pegs into men's heads and plays piano, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, and and you know why I was coming here, I, I remember that a little over a year ago, I spoke at this this place in, in a place called Enumclaw. Enumclaw, Washington, which which actually was like a really like, like a last minute thing. It was in someone's living room, and, um, and and I was really blessed because when I left that place, they they gave me this letter. And can, can I just read you the letter? I'm not going to read the whole thing because you know we're running out of time. But they wrote this letter, and it said in Hebrew Todaraba, and then in English Thank You, and it says to Nehemiah Gordon, we the undersigned want to officially thank you for the numerous contributions you have made to boost our faith in the Torah of Yehovah. And, and the Yehovah of the Torah, which I thought that was really a beautiful thing. And it goes on. It's the five different things that they're thankful that I, that I shared with them and, and, and have, have worked on. Some things I shared with them individually and some things that I've just worked on for years. And, you know, very few people ever say,
say thank you. And it was a real blessing. And they all signed it, everyone at the, this thing. And, and so I, but when I found out that I was coming here to Washington, I, I decided to write them an email and say, hey, I want to, you know, um, get together with you guys. And so they end up setting up this whole big event at, at, a, at a, actually at a, at a church over in uh, Tacoma. Um, so it started out in someone's living room, ended up, you know, speaking to this large group of people wow. at a church. So it really was a blessing to me. And that's the kind of thing I do in my ministry, um, this kind of thing and that kind of thing. And, and it's a real blessing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I, so the that's other thing I want to talk start, about. When, for, yeah, when so, you say uh, when you say ministry minute, that's not I'm going to cut you off because it's ministry minute. But if you just talk about your ministry, you can talk as long as you want. Yeah. No, no, no. So, so <laughs> no, keep so, going. Yeah. This is, minute is a relative thing. Uh, we're using the Hebrew word for minute, which, which is longer. Anyway, um, it's the Jewish minute. So the other thing I want to uh, ask people to do is go over to iTunes where you three things I just want to drive home every time in iTunes subscribe rate and review subscribe is so that you'll get the program every week it'll automatically download to you to you the the prophet pearls the original Torah pearls other uh, audio teachings have done and rate and review that get allows us to get this in front of other people so mm. there's my ministry minute awesome well I want to say uh, really folks in, in all in all seriousness um we're at uh, sometime in January here we're not sure and I I have to say for myself I'm not sure how we're going to be able to continue is, is if the technology ends up being this big of a challenge. We, we, yeah. we, we, we set aside about an hour, and if it ends up taking two hours to do this, what, how that relates to me is that I'm over here actually in Shanghai, and we, we have in 2015 uh, determined for the last couple of years we added the word international to the name BFA, Biblical Foundations Academy International. And we didn't do it for marketing purposes. We did it because we really wanted to share with the Word of God with as many people, as many different places around the world as possible. And at the end of this calendar year of 2014, now it's 2015 as you're listening to this, hopefully, if, the, if this one ever gets up uh, with about 20 edits, uh, um, there's actually a bulletin that we created that gives you a really good picture of what's happened over the last year. It's called the BFA Bulletin. And in that bulletin, it's very high quality. It's a PDF that will allow you to go and um, you'll be able to view it and download it. And that'll give you a really good picture of what's happening with the BFA. But as I'm over in this part of the world, I'm really um, using this sort of as a base to go to some other places that it would be a lot more difficult, a lot more expensive if I were in the United States. So, for example, last night I was having a conversation um, and I, th- I, this is a real controversy. People that think it's not a good idea, but I've been in a, about a year-long conversation with these people in Pakistan about going in and sharing. They've, they've got a group of people that, that love God's time, His Torah, His Word, His name, and they're and they're in an area uh, where it, their their fellowship is growing. And they've asked me over and over and over again to come. So last night, I got to tell you, Nehemiah, I was looking uh, just to see uh, what it would cost, and, and the price is half of what it would cost if it was in the United States. So that merry mo happened. There's an invitation to Africa. Just came from the Philippines. Um, actually, Nehemi and I are talking about the possibility of a Norway in the spring. Another, and there's other places, um, and, and not to mention that we have um, uh, really a wonderful opportunity here in China with our book, A, a Prayer to Father, Hebrew Origins of the Lord's Prayer, which has been picked up by the Lutheran Church, um, and they're going to be um, getting that out. So I may be I'm spending some time helping to do that. But basically, this part of the world has its blessings and its difficulties. The difficulty is I'm behind the uh, Iron Curtain, I call it, what I should call the Firewall of China. The Great Firewall of China is it's the, the bamboo experience. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing that's really difficult about it is, you know, you've got, you've got over a billion people here. I'm in a city that has just about, you, can, you can't imagine how many different people from different nations that are here. It's, it, it's, it's populous, 26 million people that are in the city of Shanghai. I get a chance to meet people all the time that I'm able to share with and, and, and speak with. I'm here supporting my wife, who's doing a really amazing thing with her, with her job right now, 
but I'm able to use this as a base to go to other places, both the Middle East and the Far East. And I have to say, by the time this program comes out, we'll be able to talk about um, something that's happening in Israel uh, right now regarding some things that we did with the BFA, and that's in communication right now. I'll find out soon about that. Hopefully our next show, if we have one, I'll be able to announce that. But in all of that, we're trying to inspire people around the world to build a biblical foundation for their faith. So your way of supporting us is one, go to bfainternational.com. You'll see everything that we're doing. Most of what you're doing, we're seeing there. You can just watch. You don't have to register. But if you register as a free member, you get to the next level where you can download PDFs and study guides, scripture bites, all sorts of things. And then finally, the premium content library, which we've thrown open the doors of the library, made it free for a seven-day trial where you can actually see what's in there. But if you do decide to stay there, it's going to actually help us in producing like three or four more major things in 2015 that's going to continue to reach people around the world. So I'm really excited. The BFA Bulletin is going to give you a picture of what we have done. Right now, Profit Pearls is just one of the things that I'm just committed to. But again, the technology, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I mean, and so what I have to say to you, Nehemiah, you've been really patient. This show alone, we've done, I think, seven different tries. At least. <laughs> and if this one gets up and, uh, and, we, and we, we continue to go forward, that's awesome. So anyway, BFAinternational.com, it, it's pretty easy once you get there to see how you can be supportive and hopefully people will do that. Let's keep reading. Well, I, I got to do one little statement about the context here, which which we kind of skipped. I yeah. think we were distracted by all the disconnects and <laughs> yeah. technological yeah. challenges. So, um, so this battle is taking place in in a in a very strategic location in Israel. You've got these mountains in central Israel, and then you have these mountains in the north and the Galilee. And between those two mountain ranges, you have what's called the Jezreel Valley, and that is yes. the central um, international highway in ancient times and even in modern times between the the Mediterranean coast and the central part of of, um, of the Middle East I mean to get to you know all of the, the central um, you know markets in the Middle East you have to pass through the Jezreel Valley and so it was all there were always great battles that took place there you know we have in the New Testament it talks about Armageddon which is the Battle of Megiddo um, when the British conquered uh, Israel in 1917 from the Turks it was the Battle of Megiddo um, there was a Battle mm-hmm. of Megiddo that took place. Uh, in the in the second millennium BCE between the Hittites and the and the Egyptians, um, there were all these battles of Megiddo that took place uh, or, uh, in the Jezreel Valley. And here it mentions Megiddo sort of in passing, and Nachal Kishon is not far from Megiddo. It's in that same area, in that same valley. This is all within an area of like you know ten or fifteen miles. It's a very you know tight area where mm-hmm. all the, m- many major battles have taken place and and will mm-hmm. continue to take place. And that's where this is we'll happening. Yeah. Okay. And so, so basically, after this thing happens with the Nachal, uh, he runs on foot and uh, he fled yeah. on foot in the tent of Yael. <laughs> yeah. And now, again, your niece's name is Yael, right? Yael, yes. She happens to, yeah. So she's the wife of Hever, the, the, the Kenite, because there were, they were friendly relations between uh, the king of Hazar and the, and the clan of Hever, the Kenite. Mm-hmm. And then it says in verse 18 that uh, Yael went out to meet uh, Sisera and said to him, come, my Lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent and she put a covering over him. <laughs> this is really interesting. And um, he says, I'm thirsty. Stop me if you need to. Uh, please give me some water. And she, she opened a skim of milk, gave him a drink and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the, t- the doorway of the tent. He told her if someone comes by and asks you, is anyone here? Say no. But Yael, Haver's wife, picked up a tent peg. And I think this is one of the most graphic um, this one is almost as bad as uh, the one where they put the where, where the uh, the left-handed the judge put the the sword into the belly of the veal and the fat one over the belly. You, you remember that one? Where the, you mean Jessa? This, this, yeah. 
was I? Jephthah. Jephthah. It says here, and he drove the pig. Oh no, that was Ehud. Sorry, yeah, Ehud. Ehud. That was Ehud. Yeah. And he and and as he went quick quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted, she drove the peg through his temple. And certainly, it says something else in the Hebrew. No, Is it no, really no, that graphic, Nehemiah? It's pretty. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah, she drove it in. Yeah, with a, you know, she hammered it in. It actually, it's hammered. Wow. Yeah. So this guy is, is laying there, and she went and put a, a a peg through his temple. Yeah. Barak came by and pursued a Sisera, and Yael went out to him and said, Come, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through his temple. And then the last word it says, dead. I mean, it, there's just no question. She and he uh, died. She, and, he, and he died. Now yeah. read the last verse before we get to the poem because I don't think we're going to get to the poem. I have something I want to do some Bible trivia. Can you read the last verse and give me some – I want to do some Bible trivia here. Okay? Okay. Can so you read that talking last about verse 24 you want? Um, yeah, 23. 23. Uh, uh, well, 23, 23 and 24. Can 23. You 23 and, 24? and, uh, and let me say before you read it, folks, here's what we're going to do. This has been by far the most difficult recording program we've ever done. Seven, I think I count seven different stops and starts. We don't know how the editor is going to do this. Um, I didn't even get to mention the fact that we've got people who sponsor each of the Prophet Pearls. Uh, and, and the folks that are sponsoring uh, this particular episode are calling themselves the Maccabees. These, these are people who, um, who, are, who are, you know, want, want, to, want to do this show in honor of the Maccabees uh, that, that basically went in and, and battled uh, the, the, the Greek, the larger army. And as a result of that, they rededicated the altar for Hanukkah. We discussed that in the last couple of weeks. These folks, we want to say thank you to them. They're calling themselves the Maccabees. They're, they're sponsoring this one. And I'll just tell you what, what they're sponsoring this for. It's probably going to be a, the cost of about three sponsors just for the editing time that it's going to take to try to finish that. We want to thank the Maccabees. We'll hear from them later that they've sponsored some other of our episodes. And all of the folks that have uh, sponsored Prophet Pearls, it really is not a small thing. For what we're trying to do in coordinating this around the world and editors and, and internet and phones and uh, the list goes on and on. So, so thank you to them. Now, Nehemiah, before you read these last two verses, can we agree the poem we want people to read it? Yeah. Find the verse that explains what you already told them, but find it for themselves and, and see what else they can see in this poem that I think is pretty, pretty yeah. interesting. And then we'll do trivia go well, ahead the we've last got verses. we've got to talk about you brought up the maccabees we've got to talk about that yeah. so so because <laughs> what does maccabee mean thing up he's something he says we got to talk about what, what does maccabee because, mean okay. no go ahead tell, tell so, go ahead, talk so about maccabee it. was the title of judah he was called yehudaha maccabee or from the word makevet makevet is hammer and because mm-hmm. he you know fought like a war hammer in verse 21 of judges 4 it says and yael the wife of hever took uh um the peg of the tent and she put the hammer, the makevet, in her hand, and she came to him in, in quiet or in secret, and she and she drove the the peg into his temple, um, and he uh, fell down to the ground, or he sunk to the ground. So we have there the word makevet, the hammer, and these, this was sponsored by the Maccabees. <laughs> you didn't want me to talk about that? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I so, love it. And I wonder if Judah wasn't, wasn't inspired by Yael to call himself Maccabee because there was the woman who had, you know, he was weak. He was a farmer, and he says, what do I have? I've got a, I've got a hammer. That's all I got. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that hammer, and I'm going to win, and he did. Verse through the power of Yehovah. And verse 23 mm. makes that clear. It says, And God subjugated Yavin, the king of Canaan, on that day before the children of Israel. Um, and, uh, and the hand of the children of Israel went uh, continually going and hard upon Yavin, 
the, mm. the king of, of Canaan, of Canaan, uh, until they had cut off Yavin, the king of Canaan. And, and I, and I got to just really quickly just mention here, um, uh, Psalm 83, verse 10, in the English mm-hmm. it is verse 9, where it says, Do unto them as unto the Midianites, as to Sisra, as to Yavin, at the brook of, Chat, of Kishon, which is Nachal mm-hmm. Kishon. So that's a reference here to this and a bunch of other historical events in, in Psalm 83. Well, here's here's what I'd like to do. So, folks, we're going to ask yeah. you to read through Chapter 5, which Chapter 5, the entire Chapter 5 is the actual song, the poem, uh, uh, the song the song that they sang. And I think it's interesting in verse 5, verse 1, where it says, on that day, and it doesn't say Barach, son of, it says Devorah first, and then it says Barach. So she's first here, then him, and then they sing this song, which I think is is really I, I would do do you well to uh, to read that, but I have some trivia, Nehemia. Well, What's I want to ask you a question. You you're in you're in Israel, and I noticed something. Um, Not in Israel, right? One now, of the things in Seattle, I noticed, but yeah. Well, you're actually in in Seattle, but you but you you lived in Chicago. You grew up in Chicago, and then you've been in lived in Israel for I think it was, yeah. you said twenty years or something. Twenty years like that. altogether, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, isn't it amazing <clears throat> that um. One of the things that I, I think that it, that is so cool is that the way that they, um, the people of Israel, um, the people, um, men and women, young men and young women, uh, go into the army, and um, uh, and I, you know, whenever I'm there, um, I, you know, I, I always am sort of stopped by this whole issue of the army, and I've watched the 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 deal where they do the um where they where they where they bring the bible and then they've got their gun and they and they go into the army and they do their 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 the, this whole ceremony in front of the western wall and, and it's just amazing but one of the things that i think is really amazing is the um the whole use the way that women are used um in the army as men are and and one of the things that's happened in this year that's really cool <clears throat> have you ever heard of uh, let me give you a name here's a name Major Oshrat Bakar. Yeah, Have you ever heard that name, Nehemiah? Never heard of her. Have you ever heard of Captain Or Cohen? Nope, never heard of him. Have never heard of him. Have you ever heard of Major Gal? You probably no. haven't heard of him. <laughs> Who's Major Gal? But, You're not giving me a last name. Yeah, but no, I. Well, haven't they heard won't of give him. a last name on purpose. They yeah. won't give the last name okay. on purpose. The last Don't name has is. been disclosed. Why? Because this person is for the first time in history serving in the history of the Israel Air Force. A woman has been named deputy commander of an operational squadron. squadron. Wow. Her name okay. is Major Gao. says okay. whose last name was, was not disclosed. And she, what I love about this, she serves as second in command of the Nakhshon Squadron. Mm. Nakhshon. <laughs> yeah. I love this. So anyway, she's serving there. That's the first time in history. But here's a second one. For the first time, a woman is to lead a combat battalion in the Israel Defense Forces. Major Oshrat Bakhar has been assigned to the Etam Field Intelligence Battalion in the Southern Command. This is a really big deal because this is a combat unit. But the one that really caught my attention in 2014 is Captain Or Cohen to become Deputy Commander of guess what the name of her patrol boat is? <laughs> Yael. Devora. Oh, okay. <laughs> No, no, this is amazing. Her, 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 the name of her boat is Devorah. She's going to be in the in the in the in the area of Gaza, uh, commanding this boat. It's, and she says that my life's dream is coming true. So here you've got the first time in history a woman for the Israeli Air Force, first time for a woman in the combat battalion, first time the woman for the Navy. And I say it's not the first time. The first time was Devorah, who was the one of this story, who was the commander, the leader, the one in charge. She was running the show. She set the stage. 
for these other women who are doing this. And I think it's cool in Israel how how they say that women um, are used at just a bunch of different levels. This is not something where they're off, you know, behind the walls and doing something where they're not involved in actual combat. These are women that are out on the front lines of the Israel Defense Force Army, Navy, and um, Air Force, and they're leading the charge. And, 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 and as I was reading these articles about what was being said about them, you know, the, the kinds of character and, and the way that these women are, are doing, I, th- I believe these women are serving in the spirit of uh, Devorah, the, the, the judge, the prophet, and the one who, uh, who led the charge. And I say, and, you know, again, I'm going to argue this, you know, she was leading the whole thing. I mean, and then you've got Yael, who wasn't afraid to put a tent peg into the head of uh, 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 of the king? So you got two women in this story that I think uh, uh, just gives honor to uh, to women that are in battle, and and these these women are showing that message then then and then of course we say that prophet pearls is what happened in the past, yesterday, today, and uh, tomorrow, and today, right now, 2014. We're in 2015. Three different women doing something that they say the first time in history. I say it's the second time in history. Uh, the first time in history where the woman led the charge in a, a battle is a Devorah, the one that we just got through talking about. So that was my biblical trivia. Yeah, I, I don't know I'm, what section you read in Judges, but okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so I got I to say a couple more things. Um, I think yes. these are important. So one is uh, why did Sisra um, – why did he go to Yael? And you know, and he really—let's be honest—he underestimated her. He thought that she was going to be loyal to him because there was this 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 peace uh, peace treaty or or you know some kind of agreement between her clan and the clan and and the and the Canaanites. And probably what made them trusting was they said, "Oh, well, you know what? She's not a descendant from Jacob. She's a Gentile," and they they were wrong. Meaning, just because she was not a descendant of Jacob did not mean she wasn't part of Israel, and she did what any Israelite woman would do: she killed him. Um, so I think that's 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 a that's pretty cool, you know. I mean, here we have a you know kind of a, a an example of somebody who is part of the people who have joined themselves unto Jehovah, Isaiah fifty six and, and other yes. verses. Um, and then the other thing is uh, this whole thing about the milk and the and the water. Um, you know, th- there's this idea that, that milk makes you sleepy. And I actually did some research on this, and, and the scientists claim that there's no proof of this or that maybe it's psychological because lots of people do say it makes you sleepy, so maybe for psychological reasons. I suspect it's all of the the, the, the lactose, which turns directly into sugar and then drops you um, and makes you, you know, makes you sleepy, especially if you're keto-adapted, which, which I think Caesar probably was. Um, and one last point oh, you talked about, <laughs> Judges yeah. chapter 5, verse 1, it yeah. says... Literally, let me read you what it literally says. It says, you know, Hebrew, uh, the verbs have genders. It says, Vatashar Devorah, and Devorah sang, and she sang. And it says, And Barak, the son of Abinoam, <laughs> on that day sang. Exactly. So, exactly. so it's actually a singular feminine verb describing Devorah mm-hmm. as the singer, and Barak's almost like this afterthought when it came to the, to the song. And and and, and this and I, and in all seriousness, I, what I, what I appreciate about this, uh, what I appreciate about this story, and, and again, I wish we could, we didn't have the technological challenges that we did because there's more things yeah. that we could do, and, and of course, we also have time issues. Um, you're there, I'm here. You're in wherever you are with uh, Yael playing the beautiful uh, music with the little hammers that make the sound in the piano. I don't know if you That's know that right. those they are hammers. hammers aren't they? Yeah, they are little hammers. And then and then I'm over here. Beware of uh, Yael with the hammer. <laughs> Yeah, Yael with the hammer, and so I think it's all—it's all a part of it. We ask—I really do want to ask people to to be in prayer for us. Um, yes. it, sometimes you can make assumptions of what you know. They get the end result of what you do, and they don't always see what happens behind the scenes. This—if this one is up, and you're listening to this one, it took 
nothing short of a uh, – <laughs> I don't even know how our editor is going to do this. But basically, if, if, if you're up and listening to this and this, this actually ends up being a, a, as a part of the Profit Pearls, uh, you should uh, give thanks to uh, – <laughs> our editor and to our patients and to the technology as it works, et cetera. So if you don't have anything else, I want to challenge people I to read. I do have one um, other thing. I want to talk about verse oh, 20 do, of, of chapter 5, and I'm going to okay, end with good. that. And, and uh, okay. it says, Min shamayim nilchamu silotam nilchamu sisra. From heaven, the stars from their courses uh, battled. They battled with Sisra. And, and, and what does that mean? Mm. The, the stars battled. Um, and we could probably come up with all kinds of creative, you know, explanations that maybe there was a, a, a comet that fell, and that's why the, you know, the Kishon River overflowed with water. I don't know, but definitely it, it was from heaven. It was from God that this happened. And that's what that, yes. that that's what that means. And, and and I think that's important that whenever we have a great victory in our lives, that we remember that it that it is from Yehovah, that Yehovah mm-hmm. is the one who is the source of victory. And it's not some person that we put in front of us and say, "Oh, she told right. me that it was Yehovah's word, so I, I need this person." I ha- you know, I, I can't do it without the human. It's Yehovah Himself. He is the one, and He will mm-hmm. make it happen. We don't need the you know human beings. Trust in Yehovah, not in man, as the psalmist says. Amen. So I prayed last week. You pray this week. I'll pray next week if there's a show. Yehovah, Avinu Shabbat Shalom. Yehovah, our Father in heaven. We ask that you bring victory from heaven in all that we are doing in our ministries and in our in our lives and in the lives of all those who are, are listening to this program and, and calling upon your name. As is written, Karov Yehovah Lachol Korav. Yehovah is close to all who call him, to all who call him in peace. Yehovah mobilized the very stars of heaven against your enemies and against those who are trying to stop us from living in accordance with your Torah and honoring your name, Yehovah. May this be your will. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit nehemiaswall.com and bfainternational.com.